Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to episode 226. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Over the last few years, it's often felt like the world is on fire. But now, a huge part of the world is actually on fire. And it's most definitely a time to stay vigilant. All right, so there's an air quality alert, not just for the rest of today, but for tomorrow as well. And we might be dealing this with this really through the end of the week. Here's our smoke scanner. The brighter the color, the more it tends to smoke. This is all coming from Quebec, upstate New York. It's much worse than here, but here it's pretty bad as well. Upstate New York, you can kind of taste it in the air, but you can see uh, a lot of intense smoke there. So here's the situation. We've got fires in Quebec and a northwest wind. So it's not just us. It's Boston. It's Philadelphia. It's Baltimore. It's Syracuse. It's Ithaca. Everybody's dealing with this smoke. These levels at 138. 100 is where we issue alerts. So this is much above that. So I have not seen levels at this number for really a couple of years. Right now, smoke is covering much of America including where I live in New York City, which you may be able to hear in my voice. And that smoke is reflective of this time as it feels again like America is on fire. From New York City to Boston to Baltimore, people are breaking out their N95s again. And it's no joke, especially here in New York. I felt it bad in my throat and in my eyes and even in my ears after walking home last night without a mask. And it's surreal and apocalyptic in a way that I've only seen in New York in the days after 9-11. And when it comes to air quality, we all need to stay vigilant and go above and beyond. All of us who were downtown in New York City on 9-11, or exposed to burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan, or to Agent Orange in Vietnam, know all too well the perils of taking bad air quality lightly. It's an issue we've discussed on this show frequently over the years and will again be coming up with our guest. But if you're experiencing the smoke in America today or you experienced it in the last few years in places like California, Washington, and Oregon, you're getting a sense of what it was like for millions of vets exposed to burn pits in Iraq and Afghanistan. It sucked. And it's why thousands have come down now with various forms of cancer. It's why we created the PACT Act. And it's why Jon Stewart had to raise all that hell in Congress last year. And it's a painful reminder of how much so many have sacrificed in service as troops overseas and as firefighters and first responders of all kinds out west and especially in New York and D.C. after 9-11. And it's a reminder of how they're sacrificing still. Bad air quality? is especially tough and dangerous for many 9-11 first responders who we continue to lose to 9-11 related cancers almost daily. It's something we've covered here on this show for years. And also over the years, I've asked you to take action, support legislation, and get behind good nonprofits that support our 9-11 first responders and their families, like the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation. Named after legendary firefighter Ray Pfeiffer, who died in 2017 after a long career in the FDNY and a heroic time as an advocate for others. Ray was instrumental in the passage of the James Zadroga 9-11 Health and Compensation Act, which passed back in 2010, and the extension that was passed in 2015, and the permanent extension of the 9-11 Victims' Compensation Fund that was passed after he died in 2020. Every one of those fights was historic and too damn hard. And all the while, so many cried and tweeted and claimed to never forget. That was the hashtag, never forget. All the politicians said it, never forget. But many always forgot. And we had to remind them, especially in Washington. And apparently now also in golf. 
I'm going to ask about this. There was a story that was first reported uh, in the New York Post yesterday by Brian Wacker about a 9-11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. 9-11 um, families united sent a letter to the representatives of Phil, Dustin, Bryson, Reed, and others, quote, expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the United States, end quote. And that's gotten a lot of steam over the last 24 hours. That story first reported again in the New York Post. How much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if they sign on with the new league? Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting, and I've and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9/11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones, and so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask. You know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? That's PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan one year ago this month. And one year later, boy, has he changed his tune. He pulled a complete 180. And this week, the PGA Tour shockingly agreed to merge with the Saudi-backed rival Live Golf. And now, every player and PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan will have to apologize for being a part of the PGA Tour. This whole move is disgusting. It's a total failure of leadership, integrity, and patriotism by Monahan and the PGA. Apparently, the PGA does negotiate with terrorists. And it's also willing to completely sell out America and go into business with them and take their blood money. This is all much bigger than golf. It's about sport washing a regime and a country connected to the worst attack on U.S. soil in history. And a regime that continues to violate human rights and oppress freedom and people daily. And this move is also happening during Pride Month with leaders in Saudi who believe that under the country's interpretation of Islamic law, consensual, same-sex sexual conduct is punishable by death or flogging. That's what happens in Saudi Arabia. So it's much bigger than golf. This is a national security issue now. And our enemies are celebrating, just like any other time we're divided or manipulated. And PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan is an opportunistic and traitorous coward. He's sold out and betrayed 9-11 families, 9-11 first responders like me and our guests coming up, and all Americans, including you. The President and Congress should speak out and oppose this shameful merger or buyout or move, whatever you want to call it, immediately. They should demand regulatory review. They should call for hearings, and they should block it. And they should stop the PGA from doing business in the U.S. entirely. And the shameless PGA in Monaghan should go ahead while they're at it and send a few billion over to the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation and all the other tireless charities still picking up the pieces after 9-11. These nonprofit groups probably have too much integrity to take the money. But those groups are full of true heroes, not cowards like Monaghan. In terms of stupidity, this PGA decision is like the Iraq War of sports moves. The PGA must be listening to Trump and the same folks who thought it would be a good idea to negotiate with the Taliban at Camp David on 9-11. Can you just imagine if the NFL or Major League Baseball tried this crap? Never forget, the PGA forgot 9-11 or never cared to begin with. But we never forget, and we never will. And patriotic American fans should revolt. I love golf, but I love my country more. So join me in what is sure to be many others and boycott the PGA. That's the hashtag, boycott PGA. 
It's time for all patriotic Americans, Republicans, Democrats, and independent Americans alike to boycott the PGA. They forgot, but we never will. And Tiger Woods, the biggest golfer in the world, still the biggest name in golf ever. The world is looking at you now. This is maybe your biggest moment and test of your leadership ever. Your dad was a special forces vet. You are a patriot. You get it. You turned down Live Golf before and have reported $800 million. You can lead the fight against this now. It's so much bigger than golf, Tiger. What say you? It's another gut check moment for America, for leaders in the spotlight, and for leaders everywhere. Because our country is under attack from the inside and still from the outside. It's all bigger than golf. Just like January 6th was bigger than one day. America is on fire. And many are looking to feed that fire and burn it down. But we can't let them. Because stakes is high. Stakes is high. You know them stakes is high. We talking about Yep, the stakes is high. And you want to hear something really crazy? The shameless PGA in Monaghan actually announced this scumbag move on D-Day. It was a move that was filled with the ethical and patriotic opposite of what happened on D-Day. D-Day, a time to reflect on a level of heroism, sacrifice, teamwork, ingenuity, creativity, and patriotism never seen before in modern history. These men and women were truly our greatest generation. And their legacy should inspire us always, and especially now, at this difficult time in America, in the world, where it seems like it's all on fire. They showed us what heroism looked like when you're under fire. Yes, The PGA sellout was the opposite of D-Day. But not the opposite of D-Day is the heroism of Ukraine, which continues to inspire the world as they prepare to begin the Great Spring Offensive of 2023, a massive frontal attack against a fascist enemy the likes of which we haven't seen in Europe since D-Day. This week, a critical dam on the Dnipro River in southern Ukraine was damaged this week, making huge risks to the safety of a nearby power plant in Zaporizhia and the surrounding communities. We know that on June 6, also on D-Day, Russian forces blew up the dam at the Kahovka hydroelectric power plant in Kursan Oblast. Videos showed the extensive damage caused by this explosion. Water has flooded the entire region. It looks like New Orleans did after Katrina. Everything's underwater, including a zoo. Now, if Putin really wanted to ensure more of the world hates him and pulls for Ukraine, drowning countless animals is a damn good way to do it. It's like what a villain does in a kid's movie. And Ukraine's mastery and dominance of the communications and social media battlefield continues now, as they tell the stories not just of the people, but of the animals. So if you're an American, next time someone tells you we need to pull support from Ukraine, remind them of this shit. And remind them that the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant could be next. Putin is a terrorist and must be stopped. And as I've said for over a year on this show, we must give Ukraine everything they need to defeat this threat to the entire world. We must pour it on now to help Ukraine put out the fire. Ukraine's fight is everyone's fight. And this is the closest fight to a world war we've ever seen in our lifetime. So down with Putin, Slava Ukraine, and stay strong, Ukraine. And... Rise up Russia, because there is news from inside Russia as well. A recent guest, Tim Mak, was reporting from inside Ukraine. 
Even as the Russians and Ukrainians are fighting along a massive front line, Russians are fighting Russians inside Ukraine. And Tim had more. Russian nationals aligned with the Ukrainian government have seized Russian territory inside the area of Belgorod. Now, this is one possible way it all ends, from the inside. I've said many times before, the road to peace goes over Putin's dead body, or with him in jail. It's the only way he stops. At some point, there might be enough Russians with conscience inside Russia to make it happen. So Russia's also fighting fires on all fronts now. They're fighting enemies foreign and domestic, just like America. And coming up, we'll dive into it all with a guest who knows how to fight. How to fight fires. How to fight fires of all kind. The fire smoke cancel Little League games all across the Northeast. And the NBA Finals rolled forward, with the Miami Heat taking a dramatic Game 2 and the Nuggets dominating in Game 3 to make the series 2-1. to one. And as temperatures continue to rise nationwide as a result of climate change, that will make this the hottest summer on record. As you fly overhead and pick your spots to help, like a firefighting, dusty crop hopper, air tanker of independent vigilance, there are some issues that the tower needs to ensure are on your radar. And that starts with the American insurgency, which continues to start little fires all across America in the hopes of spreading that fire far enough to engulf the nation and burn it all down. A U.S. Marine Corps veteran who was arrested for plotting terror attacks has classified defense materials on his hard drive. Jordan Duncan, 28, had the documents on his computer when he was arrested in Idaho in October of 2020. This is according to Raw Story. Now, the details of what's on the hard drive haven't been confirmed, but they were found along with documents detailing how to make bombs. Now, Duncan served as a Russian linguist in the Marine Corps, though it's not clear if he passed these classified docs on to a foreign government. But he's been charged in connection with a plot to damage a grid somewhere in the northwestern U.S., as well as planning to legally manufacture and sell guns. Along with Paul Chriscook, 36, Liam Collins, 23, and Joseph Marino, 25, Duncan researched and discussed a previous attack on a power grid by an unknown group. The incident saw the assailants use assault-style rifles in an attempt to explode a power substation, although the location of the attack hasn't been confirmed. Duncan was stationed at Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville, North Carolina, where he got information on firearms, explosives, and nerve toxins and shared them with two of the other guys. He joined a group organized by Collins, a fellow Marine, who used a neo-Nazi forum to recruit members for a modern-day SS. This is all according to the indictment. Now, I'll bet you probably didn't see this story at all, but it's a part of the ongoing American insurgency. And where there's smoke... There's fire, and that story is smoky. And speaking of smoky, Senator Redneck is at it again. Now, he's whining and attacking Joe Biden for refusing to move U.S. Space Command from its temporary headquarters in Colorado to Senator Tuberville's home state of Alabama. Two years ago, the Secretary of the Air Force said that Spacecom would move from its temporary home in Colorado Springs. Huntsville in Alabama was clearly in the lead, although the abortion factor wasn't in place yet. And now there's an abortion ban in Alabama. And it's believed, smartly, that Alabama's abortion law would restrict Spacecom personnel's access to reproductive health care and could potentially hurt efforts to attract personnel. Yeah, you think? Yeah, for sure. They're not going to want to go there. Just like young women from places like California and New York don't want to join the military and get stationed in Alabama, where Senator Redneck would like to ban abortion, allow white nationalists, ban gay people, and rebuild the Army of the Confederacy and make the entire state look like Gilead from Handmaid's Tale. Look, Senator Redneck, a.k.a. Tuberville, started this stupid fire and continues to fire away at the Pentagon 
including continuing to bomb away and say that the military is too woke, that there's too many generals, and, by the way, he still has a hold on hundreds of promotions for flag-grade officers. So based off of his recent extreme comments and shameful political attacks on the Department of Defense alone, it would be a pretty foolish decision to move Spacecom to Alabama. Because Senator Redneck is no friend to the military. And his antics that undermine our national security must have a price. And his divisive politics that burn hot must have a price too. Because he's the type of leader that makes problematic new fires every single day. Fires that have our enemies celebrating. But there are some leaders trying to put the fires out. And more and more of them, wouldn't you know it, are independent Americans. And there's one that I've told you about on this show that is a firefighter in his own right who must stay on your radar. He walked on this stage as Yemi Mobilade and walked off as the 42nd mayor of Colorado Springs. He says he is ready to go to work. So help me God. Hundreds of people showed up to the Pioneers Museum to watch Yemi Mobilade take the oath of office as Colorado Springs' new mayor. Mobilade says he is ready to act on the promises he made during his campaign. It's time to go to work. Mobilade is the city's first elected black and immigrant mayor. He says his journey is a testament to the American dream. I think today matters for a lot of young black kids because it tells them that the sky's the limit, that they too can step into the arena and lead. The new mayor, as we've covered on the show, is also an independent. He showed that independents can lead and independents can win. Independents don't all want a third party. Most want no party, but they want leaders, leaders who are independent. Because the future is not partisan. It's independent. More and more Americans just want more and better options. And they're rejecting both parties. The future is independent. Be a part of it. Leave the herds. And if you haven't already, people, declare your independence. Because 49% of us are independent Americans now. And that number and power is rising faster and further than the smoke that's enveloping much of America right now. But unlike that smoke, we won't blow away in a few days, leaving you with bloodshot eyes, sore lungs, a voice like mine, and a bad taste in your mouth. We're blowing in like a wave of fresh air. Fresh air filled with seeds to help regrow the lush forest of American democracy even stronger and better and fuller than it was before. We are the forest that grows after the devastating wildfires. The future will be filled with fires, but more and more firefighters are rising to meet the challenge. And more and more of America's political firefighters are independent. And that includes our guest in this episode. He's a man who's been rising to meet the moment for over two decades. He's a man who runs in when others run out. He's a firefighter. He's a hero. And he's a role model. And with the alarm yet again going off in America, he's again answering the call. He's our friend, Rob Sarah. Unless you're new to the show, you know Rob Sarah, and you love him. He's joined us in episodes 2, 11, 77, and 131, which I now think makes him the reigning champion for visits on this show. Rob Sarah is America's leading advocate for firefighters and first responder. He's an activist, he's a technical expert, and he's a father of three. 
You may remember he was born and raised in Staten Island and began his firefighting career with the FDNY in July 2001, just six weeks after graduating from college. And his first day in the field was September 11th. He, along with thousands of others, reported to the World Trade Center to help in the aftermaths of the attack. And now, Rob continues to fight fire, serving on the board of directors at the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation, and he's a leading national voice for first responders everywhere. He's also the host of the Righteous Media production, The Firefighters with Rob Sarah, which has archived episodes you should definitely go back and check out. Rob Sarah is another important, inspiring, and one day will be iconic leader who's shaping what America was, what it is, and what it will be. And he embodies with fire the five eyes that this show and this independent movement are all about. Independence, integrity, information, inspiration, and impact. And he's back to help us fight yet another fire. Smokepocalypse is here. And so are those who want to smoke screen and burn down America. The world is on fire, literally. So we're calling in a leader who knows how to fight fires how to fight for others, and how to fight for America. And he's here, emerging from the smoke like dusty crop hopper and wind lifter. Welcome to Smokepocalypse 2023. Welcome to the fire season. Welcome to another conversation with America's favorite firefighter. Welcome to Independent Americans, episode 226. Ladies and gentlemen, independent Americans around the country, around the world, and especially anywhere inside Smokeopolypse. Uh, I don't know what we're going to call this smoke infestation that is happening that you can hear in my voice. You may see in our background, but when the smoke is rising in uh, literal terms and in political terms and social terms, there's nobody that I can think of that would be better to help us address it than our favorite firefighter. The great and powerful Rob Sarah is back on Independent Americans. Welcome back, sir. What's up, Paul? Thanks for having me. So uh, I left the windows open behind me because yeah. I want people to see what we're living in right now. Um, and I know you just came from doing an interview in New York, back out to New Jersey, where you have this amazing new setup that if folks are watching on video, they can see. Um, but can you just... Tell folks what it's like outside. Uh, it is. It's eerie. It's it's like walking around on Mars. I, I mean, not that I've ever done that, but <laughs> and it's it's like uh, when you're sitting around a campfire and 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 the wind keeps shifting every time you try to move your seat. That that's what it feels like. You just constantly breathing in smoke. At least that's what that's what I think. And uh, because I always ask this question, and it seems perfect now. Rob, where are you and how are you? I am in my new studio, as you said, here in, in New Jersey. Thank you. Um, I'm, uh, I'm all right. I'm having a, a tough time today with this weather, uh, breathing. Um, you know, smoke like this is why I was forced to retire in the first place. So my sinuses are all swollen. My lungs are on fire. Um, you know, the usual 9-11 stuff. Uh, I talked to a few other 9-11 uh, survivors today, and they're all, they're all feeling it, so it's a rough one. I got to tell you, man, I was at an event with General Petraeus last night in Midtown, and I came out, and I walked maybe half a mile to the subway, and um, I was kind of like, oh, you know, whatever, and then I got out of the subway, and I'm, I'm fucking hurting today. Like, I'm yeah. feeling it. Like, I feel it in my face. I feel it in my eyes. I feel it in my ears. Um, I feel like it's activating 
things in ways that, that I've never felt before, frankly. And I don't know if other folks are feeling that same way. I know 9-11 first responders are feeling it. But uh, for those of us that are also veterans, we've got toxin exposures to burn pits. So this is kind of, and this is all happening while we're going to talk about 9-11 and live golf and all of that. So it, it's kind of, and it's on D-Day. It was all happening on d I mean, there's just this weird confluence mm -hmm. of events, but I, I think it's a really important time to reflect on a lot of things, but man, it, 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 it I said this last night, it looks like the closest thing I've seen to 9-11 since 9-11 outside in New York city anyway. Right. And, and think about it. That's what lower Manhattan looked like worse than that for six months. Yeah. As they kept telling us that, that we can go to work there, school, live there. Um, with, I mean, if you could see behind Paul, the, you could actually see particles in the air, I think, uh, today. It's a little worse than yesterday. But, uh, you know, after 9-11, you could grab the air for months. So, um, yeah, ironic that uh, they made that announcement on D-Day, huh? I, so I got a big kick out of that. It was, uh, it was as, as uh, 2023 America as you can get, right? I'm, get, I'm getting goosebumps for so many different reasons in so many ways. And, and I think, uh, frankly, like I want to talk to you because I'm trying to um, kind of explain the emotion here. I think it's fucking people up and uh, in a way that we don't really understand or expect, not just physically, but emotionally. And I'm reflecting on the fact that like last time I was in this neighborhood and I was seeing this kind of thing, I didn't have kids. And right now my kids are down the street in a public school. And I, and I said to my wife, I was like, they can't be going outside today. And now it's these rolling closures. They close Little League tonight. They're, they're saying no kids outside. Now they got two days off tomorrow for administrative days. But, but I feel like this is impacting people in a way that is we're not fully comprehending. I mean, it's the entire eastern seaboard at this point. But now they're all kind of feeling what we felt on 9-11. Although the smell is different. I told my kid that this morning. It, it smells like campfire. That smell mm -hmm. on 9-11 smelt more putrid it smelt more nasty right like more rotten i think than this does well you have to remember uh they didn't recover many bodies after 9 11 so there were there, there was a lot of stuff burning down there but you know 160 different toxins but one of them was human dna um you know burning plastics have a different smell uh firefighters will tell you you can tell a firefighter can get off the rig and tell you what's burning um, when they get to a fire just because of all the different smells. So, Yeah, and there was the uh, I, this is, is uh, base of, I guess it was asbestos, drywall. There was like a powder, like moon dust, right? That was really, and this is more orange, um, and it's in, it's shifting with the wind pretty dramatically. Like I'm downtown, closer to the water, it's not so bad. You can feel it sitting in midtown between the skyscrapers, and I got to go back right after this and go on NBC, which is going to be, surreal um but rob can, can you talk more about um how it feels for you physically because you've had a hard couple of months you go through good times and bad times but how, you know more about how it feels for you and other people not just today but when there's other kind of weather changes or other kinds of toxins in the air yeah, absolutely you know it's funny you said that the other day i was at my son's hockey game and um as you know i have per peripheral neuropathy in all my limbs and uh halfway through the game i just lost feeling on my left side couldn't put my leg down everything was numb and i i knew that when i walked outside it was going to be raining just because that's what happens you know when the pressure changes when the moisture comes uh and i'm in an ice rink uh everything just goes numb uh, this the the smoke uh activates some different issues for me you know with the i had all a few dozen polyps removed from my sinuses, so I don't have a filter. You know, I don't, I don't really have sinuses, so anything that's out in the atmosphere goes directly into my bloodstream. Um, so you're talking instant sore throat, you know, runny nose, coughing, chest congestion, like with one whiff. It's, it, it's. I wouldn't say it's funny, but you know, someone lights up a cigarette next to me, one puff, and I'm sick. Yeah, um, and I know there's a lot of guys like that. Uh, just what that shit did, and use like you said, the burn pits. They have the same effects on people, you know. Yeah, so. dude. I mean, I went, I went to my 25th college reunion this weekend, and I smoked a couple cigarettes, and I and I felt it the next day. And then I was like, maybe I'm still feeling those cigarettes, but that's what it, my tongue feels weird. Yeah. My tongue feels like like it's dried out, 
in a way that's yep. really different than I, and, and I guess, frankly, like this is also happening after one of the worst allergy seasons we've ever seen. Well, so, it's still happening. That's the, we actually had spring this year for the first time in yeah. like five years. Right. So, so all of this Rob is invoking a lot of things about nine 11 and a time when yet again, here you are having to remind the country of how they've forgotten about nine 11 and in particular, live golf and now the PGA after all this back and forth and people holding out against the evil forces of the Saudi regime that oppresses human rights. And it was connected to nine 11 that I think you'll, you'll mention the nine 11 families are still suing the Saudi government. Um, we, we have this epic moral and patriotic collapse by the PGA after guys like Tiger and Rory held out and I think did the right thing. They, the earth moved under them and there's this kind of, evaporation of integrity across the country that's happening. And I think maybe this is the biggest example because in my view, they said, fuck you to all of us. They said, fuck you to, to all the 9-11 first responders, all the families, all this talk of, of never forget. And they didn't even try to explain it. I mean, they used us as shields and now they just fucking pulled it out and went for the money and sold out, you know, a great American sport. But, but, but is this, um, this is going to be a tough question, but is this a sign that now it's easier to roll us? Absolutely. I, I think this is our fault. We allowed it to get to this point, right? Um, I, I'm not surprised in any way that this is the direction that the PGA took. And when I heard uh, Jay Monahan's explanation saying he knows he's going to be viewed as a hypocrite for all the things that he said, I don't know, last week. Um, I just feel like he, he played the patriotism card and it didn't work. He thought he was going to drum up support and business uh, through patriotism. But we're at a point in this country where people would, they're more worried about driving over beer cans with their pickup trucks because there's a rainbow on the can than they are about, you know, what America is actually supposed to be. You know, they're getting distracted with all the noise and the nonsense. And that's why they get away with this stuff, you know, and that's why. You know, I'm, I'm a true independent. I, 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 I truly don't pick sides. Um, but when a former United States president hosts a, a golf event at his golf course uh, with the Saudis and with the same company, the lid is off right there, right? We allowed that to happen. His supporters had no problem with that. But they're the same people driving over beer cans, getting upset about everything that they think is un-American. Well, what's more un-American than murdering 3,000 Americans? I can't think of them. When was the last time? When was our country ever attacked in such a way? You know, Pearl Harbor, yes, it was horrible, but that was a, a military attack. It wasn't an attack on United States citizens. And this was also an attack on, on the financial district in New York City. So these are people in finance going into business with people that murdered all their friends. That's how I look at it. My, my father-in-law worked for, for Kenneth Fitzgerald. He, he worked in finance. He probably worked with some of the people who put this deal together. They should feel ashamed, but they don't because there's no such thing as shame anymore. We, you know, you're allowed to lie, and it's and it's like a, you know, lying now in public is like a, a sacrifice bunt. It's not viewed as any. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just you know moving the play along, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm That's not surprised. really powerful, Rob. I want. I want. Lying is a sacrifice bunt. That is really where we are. There's the death of integrity in this country. And yep. you know, I've said it before and I've gotten, you know, some criticism or some misunderstandings when I say that, you know, if America were religion, veterans would be the clergy. And I think first responders, cops, firefighters, you know, they're, they're the keepers of the flame. They're supposed to protect the country and its people above all other things. And you, you tweeted something that I think is really powerful that um, you posted a picture and I'm going to read it if I can of your wife as a little girl. She looks like she's two years old with her dad. I'll hold it up to the screen for folks who, who are watching at home. And you said, hey, PGA Tour, I love this pick of my wife being taught how to putt by her dad. He loved playing golf up until he was murdered by your business partners on 9-11-2001. Never forget, hashtag GFY. Go fuck yourself. Um, can you just talk about that? I know it's hard stuff, and I'm thankful to your wife for her continued courage and service but i think you gotta you gotta bring it home for people like that can you talk about that picture and what what you meant by that and why you want people why you did it 
I did it because I, I, I was pissed off, you know. Um, I would never, and you know this, I would never use pictures of my family uh, to drive home a, a political point or, or anything, um, you know. But I thought it was necessary, you know. What, I, I had a conversation with a friend earlier. What if you, your kids want to play golf now and grow up and play? What do you tell them? How do you steer them towards golf if that's what they want to do with the rest of their lives when, when basically the Saudis now have the run of the mill? Um, also, it, it, especially in, I, you know, I haven't swung, swung a golf club in a while, but I don't think I would ever be able to play golf again. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, but that was a fucking personal fuck you to, to me and my family and everyone else. And my father really did love golf. He'd be watching every single PGA event if he was still alive. He'd, he'd be going there, taking my kids. He'd be, you know, bringing my kids to the country club, you know. And they took that away from him. And, and now they're taking golf and the joy of golf away from, from, from me and my family because how are we going to watch it? The same thing happened with the WWE. You know, my son loves WWE. And, and he asked to get a pay-per-view. I wasn't paying attention. I put it on. And I watch all the women come out wearing long sleeves and, and look like, you know, long pants. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Because that's not, that's not how the WWE sells mm -hmm. itself, right? And I look up and it's in Saudi Arabia. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? We're having wrestling? Wait, is there anything more American than the WWE in Saudi Arabia? No offense to the Saudi people, but fuck them. Like... I, I, I no, you're. I, I think I've just. I've had enough. I don't. I, you know. I. You feel the same way sometimes, like you're screaming into the void. But but what are you going to do if you don't? If you don't post personal messages, people aren't going to give give a shit. Okay. I, I asked so. you why you did that because I know how personal it is, and I, I am anybody who knows me knows I don't put my kids' faces out there for a lot of reasons, and I'm really careful about it, especially because things have gotten so threatening lately, um, right. especially for those of us that are in the media. And, um, you know, it was interesting because I, I got back into golf, really, because they were fighting back against Lee. <laughs> right. And I was like, I sat with my kids. We watched the Masters in Florida. And we were talking about why Brooks Kupka was bad. He sold out. He was selfish. He was going for the money. And look at these guys like Rory and Tiger and others who are holding out. And, and, and the really fucked up part is they still held out. And the earth moved underneath them. They got sold out. You know, they sold out Rory. They sold out Tiger. And here's where I flip it. I think it's on those guys now. Like This is a moment for Tiger that's bigger than any other Masters. He's the son of a, of a, of a Special Forces vet. He can, he can fight back. He can leave the PGA. He can run for commissioner and take out Monaghan. Like, I think those of us who do care about real patriotism and honesty and integrity, this is another call for us, man. And you've been doing that for so long. We can't rely on John Stewart alone, right? But it, it's a moment for patriotic Americans to redefine patriotism and fight for our country and fight for shit. I mean, this is a brilliant strategy by the Saudis to come for golf and to come for yeah. WWE. That's a brilliant misinformation strategy. Go for the heart of it, right? Go for F1. Our They're going for F1. Go for F1. I wouldn't be surprised if they buy the whole MLS. Yeah, come for MLS, come for baseball, come for come for yep. the NFL. I mean, remember the 80s when everybody was worried about the Japanese buying everything, and then there was the Chinese fear. But this is so much more effective and 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 so much more nefarious. I mean, where they're pressing human rights and you can be put to death if you if you're gay. I mean, it's just it's really extreme. And I just I I just I, I I'm trying to find the the opportunity here, Rob, and I think it's that. This is a time for voices like yours to crack through. That's why I had to have you on this week, man. Like the country needs to hear from you on all things. I've said that for many years, but but especially right now because you've been a conscience and it, it feels like we're getting rolled. It feels like we're getting fucking rolled. And I think we got to stand up and we had enough and, and a lot of other people got to join us. Yeah. Um, that. I've always found that ironic. Like the Saudis, where do they get their money from? They sell oil, right? How come every, every, every quote unquote patriot that I see on social media is, is fighting alternative energy, alternative energies. If you, if you, you know, if, before Elon Musk uh, took over Twitter, you know, everything was anti-electric car, anti this. And I'm listen, that's above my pay grade. I know it takes fossil fuels to create 
de the energy. I, but I also believe we could figure something else out. We could stop giving them our money. We could figure out a way, you know, to take away their resources. Their number one resource is money. And that's how they're taking over our country. Because like you just said, our leaders don't have any integrity. They can be bought. I mean, it, it's, it's sad, but I, I think more than any other time in our country, or maybe we just see it now, it, America is definitely for sale. Um, no, especially, you know, you, you brought up the point about Trump where he, folks may not know this, he hosted a live golf event, like what, 50 miles from the attack site. Right. And the families pushed back and he didn't care. He just did it anyway. They said, Hey, you know, this wouldn't be a nice thing. This is the same guy who tried to negotiate with the Taliban on nine 11 at, right. at Camp David. I mean, there's a feeling like it's such a, it's, it's, it's such a strange thing, Rob, because this is happening while right now, if I look out this window, I hear the ambulances. I see the cops and firefighters. Uh, old people are going down. People with asthma are going to fall out in the street. Right. There's going to be cops and firefighters running out there again with fucking banged up equipment and guys who are still guys and gals who are still exhausted from COVID. They're going to they're out in the streets right now when nobody else is again. Yeah, but but again, whose fault is it? Right? What are we doing? Why are we so easily distracted by the nonsense? Why are we fighting with each other? We're still. I remember our first conversation and, and my, my lasting message was stop fighting with people on Twitter. And what are we doing? Right now we're fighting with people on Twitter about Twitter. That's the point we're at. You know, we, we get distracted. Really? I, I watched I watched a video the other day of a guy running over like 30 cases of Bud Light with rainbows on it because he was so upset that there were rainbows on his beer can. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and when you think about Trump before. having yeah, you think about Trump having that event at his golf course. If you're if you're a true patriot, how about look at who's advertising at that at that event? How about you boycott them? How about you boycott any anyone who associates themselves with this new golf company? You know, I mean, sure they like to throw money around, but if it's not, if it's not going to make money, they're going to stop doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know who sponsors. Uh, PGA. I'll just throw like maybe Omega. Well, yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure Corn Ferry and other folks, Waste Management, right. right? These are all the big companies that are involved, right? And I think I think that's where, look, I put this out there and I don't know if it's going to catch on or not. I think Dave Portnoy from Barstool and others are all over this that I think are important voices, but boycott PGA. Boycott. Right. The, and I think, you know, me, I also want to boycott the Democratic and Republican parties and a lot of other dysfunctional components, but maybe this is an opportunity for us to rally patriots and independents in support of something that's truly patriotic and independent. It won't be the first fight, but like if, if they can take golf, they're coming for football and they're coming for something else next. I mean, and, the, and these are the things that actually people care about a whole lot more than politics. They don't care about a local election, but if you fuck with the Jets or the Rangers, that's a whole nother level, right? Right, but, but I think they have us to the point where we don't even know what we're fighting about because right. we don't even know what patriotism means anymore. You're right. They took over the American flag. I get I get looks from people for flying a flag in front of my house. You're right. And 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 you know me. I'm not supporting a party. I'm not supporting a president. You know, I don't have a flag with 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 a president's last name on it in front of my house. I have the American flag. We don't even know what that means anymore. And I think that's the that's the genius behind behind their strategy. We we knew in 2001 that they play the long game, right? That was that was retaliation from. From decades before so you know maybe it's time for us to, to change our strategy you know maybe it's time for us to figure out what it means to be an american patriot because i don't think anybody knows what that means well here's what i will tell you uh i've met your kids and i know my kids and there's a generation of kids that are growing up learning about this they're seeing us fight and they're seeing us lose I, I had a tough, couple of tough conversations with my sons where sometimes it was just the local park that the developers plowed. And I said, look, buddy, sometimes the good guys lose. That's the fucking truth. It's not a movie. It's real life. And you got to steal yourself and you got to get back up and you got to get with other people who believe in the same things you do. And you got to keep fighting because sometimes I'm going to go down and you're going to have to pick it up or he's going to go down and she's going to have to pick it up. I think we are at least in our community, right? Especially the vets and first responders and people who are involved. I think this next generation um, is coming. 
Now, whether we can get them online fast enough and, 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 and empower them fully without the whole fucking world burning down around them and them getting shot in schools is tough. But I, but I do have some hope that this next generation is really incredible. And your kids are a great example of that, man. Yeah, I mean, I hope you're right, but, you know, it, it's, I, I honestly, I feel like it's up in the air. You know, I, I, I don't know which direction it's going to go. I mean, we, we, I, I mean, I think about it, we, we grew up in, in a, for the first generation uh, that lost the war. Right. I mean, we, yep. we grew up in the wake of Vietnam. Uh, we we grew up, you know, probably at the lowest point in our country uh, was, you know, the mid to late 70s. Right. Um, and we were able to pull through and, and and bring America back. So maybe there is hope. But like I said, we don't even we don't even know what what the enemy is and, and what they're trying to do, because oh. they have us so distracted and so. I don't even know what the word is, but they they have us so unfocused on on what their mission is that we, I don't know if we could figure it out. And and I worry the thing I worry about with the kids is we don't even know what they're watching. We don't know what's getting put into their heads with YouTube and all this. I, I see what my kids are looking at on their devices. I can't even follow it, you know. And they're looking at four different screens at once. It's a totally different generation, you know. They so. I'm hopeful, but ways, I, sorry, good. I, I just I'm more worried about what we're handing them. You know what? What, what do we? What example? I know what example I set for my kids, but they've seen how other adults act too. You know, not just me. So, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna end on a on a on a positive note because I think it's warranted. Anytime people hear from you, they wake up and they do focus and they do follow. And and if you follow Rob. Um, please continue to do so. I, I put this out there. I didn't want to put, you know, the, the Pfeiffer Foundation on the spot, but the PGA, I mean, you should be donating the shit out of money to, to, non, not, to all these nonprofits that help 9-11 first responders. But even if they don't, everyone else should. And, you know, your work and the work of the Pfeiffer Foundation, others, I think is a sign of hope and I think can help us carve out a bigger future. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, Father's Day is coming up next weekend. And you are one of the finest Patriots, uh, one of the finest leaders and one of the finest dads I've ever seen. And I just want to thank you for that and encourage folks to be like Rob. Be like Rob Sarah. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, and I would like to remind people that um, there is another 9-11 bill out there <laughs> because they, they need to uh, increase the funding. Um, and I would like to let, emphasize what you just said. There's a lot of stuff that's not covered by that bill. So that's why the Ray Five Foundation exists. So if the PJ is listening um, and you want to do the right thing, uh, how about you invest in taking care of those of us that were affected that day? Um, you can check out the bill yourselves. It's $49.65 on the books. Uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my brother, Captain Andrew Serra, who will be retiring uh, a week from today. Uh, oh! The Fire Department. Uh, after 27 years of service to New York City, uh, and speaking of good examples, good patriots and uh, carriers of the light, I can't think of a better example than him. Um, I always appreciated uh, the example he set for me. He played not only the role of an older brother, uh, but after my mom passed away at an early age, he took over uh, the role of a mother sometimes. So thank you to him for that. And uh, I'm sorry to New York City for losing uh, another keeper of the light. but. I know, if I know anything about him, he taught the guys in his company well, and 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 they'll carry it on. So, well, we salute him. I was lucky enough to visit him. You set it up for me and the boys to go over and with Lori and see him at the firehouse at his firehouse. And those guys are an amazing group. Uh, and and the fire department may be losing them, but maybe we can encourage him to launch an independent campaign for mayor. Uh, because I'm not too crazy about this mayor right now. A lot of other people aren't either. Maybe mayor, governor, some other political future will be out there and be not just like Rob Sarah, be like Andrew Sarah, and be like all the Sarahs, folks. Absolutely. Give him a call. I think he's ready to go. So let's go. All right. <laughs> here we go. All right. Draft Sarah is uh is is gonna be uh the hashtag and and uh and boycott PGA support Rob Sarah as you say on your podcast, stay low 
And and I leave you with stay vigilant, my friend. You too. And people stop fighting with each other on Twitter, as always. <laughs> and go Yanks. Yep. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Appreciate you, brother. You too. That was real talk. That is what we come to expect from Rob Sarah. And we expect that he will remind us that the helpers are out there. He's truly one of them. Every single day he lives that ethos. He's out there helping. And I hope one day he will run for office as an independent, of course. Until then, be sure to give him some heat, give him some love, follow him on social media, send him your fire, send him your love. Check out the archived episodes of The Firefighters with Rob Sarah. You can get them wherever you got this podcast, and we'll link to them in the show notes. And be sure to support the amazing folks at the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation, also linked in the show notes. Rob Sarah is our favorite firefighter. And like all firefighters, he's a true helper. Always look for the helpers. There, were, there will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. If you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. Check out the hashtag, look for the helpers on Twitter and share yours. Bring your fire to me. Let's celebrate these helpers all summer long because they are out there. And there's one I want to talk about right now that we focused on before. Someone that I love, the great and powerful Dolly Parton. Because now, thanks to Dolly Parton, every child under the age of five in California will now receive a free book in the mail every month. Thanks to the state's expansion of Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. Now, while others are burning books, Dolly is sending them out. Now, Governor Gavin Newsom said the expansion will be complete within the next five years, making more than 2.4 million kids eligible for the program. Dolly calls herself the book lady and started the Imagination Library in honor of her father. She said he couldn't read and write. I'm not going to do Dolly part. She said he couldn't read and write, and that hindered him a great deal because he was so smart. It really bothered him a lot. So she created this program to provide preschool kids and their families with specifically selected books despite their financial background. And since this thing launched, the Imagination Library has gifted over 200 million books across all 50 states. And that's the right kind of smoke to bring to people. So Dolly for President, that's what I say. I think it's a hashtag we should start to circulate, Dolly for President. I would hope and bet that she's also an independent. But we know she is a helper. So Look for the helpers, share the hashtag, keep posting them. And while you're on social media, of course, play Guest the Guest every Wednesday night. I hope one day it will be Dolly Parton. But until then, it will be other people. Get on board and join me every Wednesday. Last week, we had the great Asha Rangappa. Got lots of great feedback on that show. If you haven't heard my conversation with the great FBI expert, Asha Rangappa, go back and check that out. One person got it. Dr. Roboto from Boston got it. And this week, it was Rob Sarah, and a couple of you have already gotten it. Our friend Grace from Buffalo got it right away with the quickness. She was bringing the fastball fire. And our friend Nate Holdstein on Instagram. What's up, Nate? He had a post where he said, Rob Sarah making a triumphant return. Triumphant indeed. I hope you enjoyed it, Nate. And of course, always keeping the home fires burning down in Texas, our buddy Delfino Sanchez from Aldine Tree Services, Houston Stump Grinding. He wrote me a note and said, hey, Paul, could it be the great and powerful Rob Sarah, seen with FTNY and John Stewart? Indeed it is. Delfina went on to ask, how many times have you invited John Stewart on the pot? Honestly, Delfino, a lot. And his folks told me he was coming on, but we haven't been able to line up. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep bringing the fire. Maybe eventually he'll get excited or depressed about the Mets and he'll want to jump on here for some reason. But we're going to keep trying to get you John Stewart sooner or later. Delfino also added that 225 with Asha Rangappa was outstanding, full of the five eyes. 
asked me for my series thoughts on the NBA, six or seven. Well, now that Denver is up two to one and Jimmy Butler seems to be struggling, I'm going to go out here on a limb, Delfino, and say that Denver takes the next two and goes up 4-1, wins the series. They've always looked outstanding. Miami's been incredible, but I think that fire is about to burn out. Speaking of sports, want to give a shout-out to Cleveland sports and craft beer fan Denise Kipstuhl, who also correctly guessed Rob Sarah. She said, it's got to be Rob Sarah 100%, and you are correct. She also mentioned that she is a proud Pride ally, and since it is Pride Month, want to wish everyone a very happy Pride. More on that in the weeks to come. And check out past episodes that focused on Pride and focused on the LGBTQ movement and the issues that impact all Americans and especially independent Americans. Check out Charlotte Clymer from back in June of 2020. I love that one. And check out episode 177 with our friend Lindsay Church. Lindsay's been going through a lot of surgeries lately, so I want to send them some love. Send a massive love out to you, Lindsay. And check out those episodes and all others at independentamericans.us, where you can also show your support by joining our Patreon community. Bring me a little heat. Come on and join us. Now, you're not going to get exclusive content with Rob this time. Frankly, he wasn't feeling well, and I wasn't feeling well, and I had to run MSNBC. But I will think of something good to send just to you. As a Patreon member, you get exclusive content, you get discounts, and most of all, you help me bring shows like this one with Rob to the masses for free. So thank you to all of you. And thank you to those of you who've been showing some love on News Nation for me and my weekly appearances with Marnie Hughes. Uh, we did not do it last week because there was an Iowa press conference about a collapse, but we will continue to focus on national security vets and political news every week. And I always post the interview in our show notes and on our website. And I was also on Deadline White House again with NBC's Nicole Wallace. This is like a weekly gig now. So I hope she will join us on the show soon. But in the meantime, look for me over there Wednesdays, Thursdays, Tuesdays. We're going to do about once a week, continue to focus on national security, independent politics, and all the other stuff that's happening in the news. And hit me up on social media. Let me know what you think of this show. Let me know who you'd like to see as a future guest. And please subscribe and share. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Give me a little heat. Just hit that button and subscribe. And I hope that this show gives you a break from all the cable news firestorms. Speaking of firestorms or shitstorms, there is breaking news that CNN chairman and CEO Chris Licht is out at CNN after a very rocky and very short tenure. Now, look, I got to talk about this and share my thoughts. CNN has been a total clusterfuck before Chris got there, but definitely since. The content sucks, the audience is in free fall, the talent is weak, and the ones that aren't weak are unhappy. The brand is in tatters, and the integrity of CNN is gone. We talk about the five eyes, CNN's missing a critical one. Now, Chris Licht was clearly not up for this leadership role. And most importantly, he wasn't listening to his viewers. I've spent a lot of time on CNN over the last two decades. A lot of you maybe first saw me there. I grew up watching it. It covered the war I fought in. I used to be a fan, and I have many friends there still. And I hope that they can find a new leader to reinvent that once great and iconic American media brand. We shall see. But until then, especially when it comes to cable news and all media in 2023, stay vigilant. Stay vigilant like so many leaders you've heard on this show, so many leaders all across America and the world, and like Optimus Prime. Yes, Optimus Prime. And now, Optimus Primal. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers. All right, so this week I had a very, very cool experience that I was able to share with my family and friends. I went to the new Transformers world premiere in Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York City, USA. And I went there to support our awesome friend and a friend of this show, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman plays the voice of Optimus Primal in the new film, Rise of the Beasts. And if you like Transformers movies, and maybe if you don't, this one is kick-ass. It's got some really cool voices in it as well. Pete Davidson plays Mirage, and Peter Dinklage plays Scourge, the bad guy. 
both of whom I saw at the event, and I got to meet Peter Dinklage for the first time. was a very nice guy, a great guy, an inspiring actor. I hope he'll come on this show someday. I was also there with my friend, the king of Flatbush, Martin Snow, boxing legend, and Brooklyn legend, actor and producer, Jace Bartok, my friend, and his rising star son and my wife's godson, Jackson Bartok. Watch out for this kid. He's an actor and he's making movies. And, of course, joining us was my seven-year-old son, Ryder, who called it the greatest day of his life. He had a hell of a time. But the film is set in 1994 in Brooklyn, actually the year I graduated in high school. It's got everything. It's got Transformers. It's got an amazing 90s New York City hip-hop soundtrack that's the best soundtrack I've heard since Pulp Fiction. It's got Brooklyn. It's got Ron Perlman. It's got Transformers. I mean, it's got everything. It's awesome, and it's uniquely American. And as I mentioned, it's got Ron Perlman. It's awesome, and it's uniquely American. And it's about people from different backgrounds coming together to fight an existential threat. Now, the Transformers are from the urban areas. They're, they're vehicles, they're, they're cars and trucks. Now, the film is about two groups uniting forces to fight an existential threat. The Autobots, led by Optimus Prime, and the Maximals, an advanced race of beast robots that evolved in a jungle planet and are represented and led by Optimus Primal, who looks like a gorilla and is voiced by the great and powerful Ron Perlman. Now, Ron Perlman is in the film, and he is also back on this show. This is your advance notice. Ron Perlman will be my guest next episode. Tell your friends. Don't miss it. You know Ron Perlman is going to bring the fire. He's got a lot to say, not just about Transformers, but about everything. You don't want to miss it. Ron is going to be down to support our independent movement, a future that is full of young independence, transforming independence, transforming our country, and fighting all the fires. Because America's more divided than ever, but we at Independent Americans and Righteous Media are working to change that, to add light, to contrast the heat of the other political shows. So if you're among the 50% of Americans who are independent, or you're a Republican or Democrat who is independent, curious, or you're just a concerned American or international person who cares about the future of your world, this is your show. You can all join us. Link up like Voltron and become part of this community. Be a part of the solution. Because our independent movement is the hope for the future. Country over party. People over politics. Light over heat. Busting up the status quo and driving a new movement that spans all across our society. Much faster than any smoke can. Winning victories and making stuff happen. Our movement is growing, cleaning, and nourishing the future like a cleansing rain after the wildfires or a nice cold drink after you got a sore throat, which is what I'm going to need after this show. But I hope you enjoyed this episode with Rob Sarah. If you did, please share it far and wide and share it with any firefighters that you know, real or political. Invite them to declare their independence. And stay vigilant, my friends, because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And hope is the oxygen of democracy. And it feeds us like oxygen does a fire. So stay vigilant. And know you're not alone in your vigilance. We are all vigilant. And we're all in this together. I'm your host, Paul Reichoff. Thank you for listening. If you're in the smoky areas, be sure to wear a mask, stay inside, and be smart. Down with Putin. Slava, Ukraine. Autobots, roll out. Transformers. Powered by Righteous Media.